Yate, yate. If you're listening to this, you found your way back to the Clagato Veteran Podcast, episode 11 for season two. And on tonight's episode, I'll be talking about these five subject matters. The first one will be veteran funerals. The second one will be the Club C meeting, which I will explain more when I get to it. Number three will be about the recent Gallup um, internet shortage, outage. Um, Number four will be about the community shooting range. And finally, number five is the Clagato murders. And I am your host, Mateo Native Ravager, once again, going at it alone. I couldn't really find anybody to uh, try to do these episodes in a timely manner with me. So I'm just going to go ahead and do this and um, not going to waste any more time and any more introductions. So let's go ahead and jump into our first subject of the night. Veteran Funerals. So starting off the first subject, this is Veteran Funerals. And I guess more or less I'm talking about Navajo Veteran Funerals because this is a new concept that that happened with me that I've experienced this week. And that came from two veterans that had passed on. One, I think he was an Army veteran that was going to be buried over in Fort Defiance uh, Veteran Cemetery. Then, the, And the second one was a Navy veteran who was going to be buried at Clagato Veteran Cemetery. And in the podcast before, I've been talking about how it's kind of become a little bit of a controversial subject as far as who owns the Veteran Cemetery and who's in charge of it and just all kinds of... Um, authority problems with it. But, um, the guy who was buried in Clagato, he was a Navy veteran and, well, I was asked to be a part of it because, um, well, obviously that's Clagato veteran cemetery. And the thing with that is I wasn't really too sure about how to, I it's, it's what it's called as honor guard. Honor guard is to help bury, you know, the deceased veterans and you give them, um, that's where the 21 gun salute comes in. That's where folding of the flag happens. But since even though we have a nonprofit, I really haven't really dug in too far in that subject. So I really didn't have anything. All I did was just show up and, um, I I thought maybe they were just going to have me maybe say a few words or maybe just help lower the body. Cause that's what I'm used to. And, what ended up happening was I had to fold the flag. I had to, um, the, the deceased veteran, his nephew, what was it? His cousin, his, his cousin, brother, me and him, we helped fold the flag and, and the, um, the funeral director, I think he was all, I, I, I mean, he was an actual, a veteran. So he told me, he goes, fold up the flag and give it to, uh, his wife and his wife. I didn't, I really didn't, wasn't expecting to do that, you know? So when I walked over there, I kind of felt out of place because I didn't know. That's where it really hit me. It's like, oh man, I don't know the etiquette, how to do this. Is is there a certain way you say these things? Is there like um, some kind of prayer or are there certain words that you got to memorize? Because all all that whole thing, this whole time, I have never dealt with a veteran funeral like that where I had to give the flag to somebody. Usually I just see somebody already there, someone who's official and they, they give it, give it up. So, I mean, they give it to the, um, either they'll give it to the surviving spouse or they'll give it to the oldest child. 
if there's no spouse living and if they don't have no children, they give it to the sibling. And that's kind of pretty much how they do it. So when, um, when I gave the flag to the wife, I said, um, I, I, I really didn't know what to say. I just said, uh, thank you for your husband's service. Um, this flag is for you. And I was like, damn, is that right? Should I have said more? Was that wrong? Did I sound stupid? But I was like, so I just saluted her. And then I, I guess I should have just, uh, well, I rushed my salute. I just saluted her, saluted her real quick. Then I walked away. But, uh, after I had seen it done the following day at the other funeral over in Fort Defiance, I was like, Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's how you do it. You know? And I was like, maybe, um, I got to stop being so superstitious and I got to at least learn these things because it'll definitely come in handy when we have, um, when Claggett Veterans Cemetery starts to get more, more bodies in there, we're going to have to learn how to have, or actually more services, I should say, to be more, more respectful. If we, if we're going to have more services there, we need to have our, um, we need to have something written down. We need to have a protocol <laughs> and, um, and, and add, you know, policy and procedures and stuff like that. Uh, I really don't want to copy off too much of the American, uh, I mean the United States or the national cemetery, how they do their military burials and stuff, but, you know, kind of keep in mind, there are some things that we, we need to do a little different. And that stems from what I saw, um, the one at the Clagato funeral. And then the next day in, on a Thursday, when I went up to uh, Fort Defiance for that funeral, what I saw was people pulling out their phones and taking pictures of the casket and of the whole funeral service and possibly even taking pictures. But, um, and for Navajo culture, um, for those that were raised in a traditional sense with, um, you know, the elderly still being in charge, you're not supposed to do that. That's a no, no. What that is, um, what that's doing or telling the spirit world is, um, I want to see more dead bodies. I can't get enough of this. Show us some more. So, you know, the spirit world and death, you know, however they work together, they'll start killing more, more people that you know, that you love. And it's kind of like saying, um, oh, I don't really care about my loved ones. You can have them. Uh, let me take some more pictures of them when they're dead. You know, that's pretty much what my mom was telling me. And, um, cause I was telling her, I said, mom, you know, these people over here at these funerals, nobody said anything, but you know, family and friends, they're all taking pictures and videos on their phone. And I said, and I know that that's something that, you know, you shouldn't do, but those guys do it. And my mom was pretty upset about it. And I told two more of my, um, my friends that I know, and they were saying, you know, well, that's not right. You know, even though they don't practice the traditional Navajo way of, uh, the traditional teachings, it's just instilled in them that that is wrong. You know, you shouldn't take pictures of it. For me, all I did was I recorded the backhoe digging because, with the way things are going in this modern world, I need some evidence to show that we are, as a Clagato veteran nonprofit, that we are actually, you know, this is how we do things and this is how it's run uh, in case we ever have the opportunity to get a grant to get like a backhoe trencher for ourselves, you know, just for that sole reason. That's where I want to, you know, excuse me, make it known that that's how 
we do things, we get them done actually. And so anyways, uh, that, that first funeral, I think the, the wife of, I mean, the sister to the wife of the veteran, she was, I don't know if she was recording or if she was taking pictures, but I said, Oh man, that's, that's not cool. And then the second one, um, the following, the next day on a Thursday, that funeral, there was a young lady in a dress. Um, she went up there or she was standing behind me. Then she went up front and then she ended up taking a picture and I, or she was using her phone and I was like, uh, should I say anything? Or, you know, it, it, it's kind of, um, it kind of really wasn't my call to say that because it, like I said, it caught me off guard. But for Clagato Veterans uh, Cemetery, from here on out, I think what we're going to do is go ahead and uh, get some signs made that says no photographs, no videos, and no children under 10 or maybe under 12. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be under 12. Maybe you know, they could be a mature eight-year-old, you know. But it's just a sign that would say, you know, without having to be direct and say, watch over your kids, you know. As, you know, people will see that and say, you know, ma'am, sir, could you please have your child wait outside the gate? And if they say, why is that? And I'll say, well, we've, we got problems with children digging in the ground and, um, you know, they're, they just, um, we're just trying to look out for them as far as being Navajo goes, you know, we just want to make sure that, uh, they're not making, uh, these little things to anger spirits and, you know, bring misfortune down on them by, you know, spitting in the grave or dropping a toy down there or getting bored and digging on another dirt mound or you're playing on top of someone else's dirt mound or, you know, even digging a hole, which I saw this little kid do, uh, uh, for the meeting on, uh, I mean for the ceremony on, um, Thursday in Fort Defiance, this little boy was digging in the ground. I was like, ah, oh, dude, man, at that point, you know, what could I say? He's already pretty much doomed himself. I mean, if I told his mother, she probably thought I was just going to be hitting on her or judging her on how to raise her child. So I think if anything from here on out, um, I, I could probably tell the, um, you know, the veterans next meeting, Hey man, if you guys are going to have, um, burials and stuff like that and services for deceased veterans, uh, it's probably best that you guys, um, put up signs that say no, no photos, no video, no children under the age of 10 or 12 or whatever. And that way, um, it just kind of gives it more of a, a better, more of an adult, um, a, an adult situation, you know, to take care of rather than trying to look over some little child that's, that can't sit still and is running around and, um, that when that happens, I did kind of notice that there are, um, some deaths from my father's side of the family where I remember these kids hearing about them crawling around on the graves when they, when their grandmother was put away, you know, this is out in Albuquerque and these little, uh, Navajo kids that are raised in a city like I was, um, you know, some of them don't know the culture. So, they see their Belagana or their Nakai buddies or their Jinni buddies crawling on the, you know, crawling around or pl playing around in the cemetery or whatever. And they think it's okay. So they do that too. And this, you know, the Navajo parents, the urbanized parents, they either they're not paying attention or they're just like, oh, it's okay. Nothing's going to happen to my kid. I'm a Christian, you know. So anyways, um, 
those were some of uh, the ways that we're that this we're turning now that we're changing as as far as the tribe goes. No one is really saying anymore, you know, hey, don't be doing that. That's taboo. You can't you can't say that. You can't do that here. Uh, all that is pretty much gone now. And um, so it, the only way I could think of was to to kind of have some signs put up and um, to say stuff like that. And so people are aware. And Thursday or Wednesday, I had to go down to Clagato Cemetery and I had to wait there for the uh, Apache County to come with their backhoe. And that's where they were digging. And I really didn't have to do anything. I just kind of stood there and I just was like, I uh, got on my phone now and then, contact that family. I told them, hey, the 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 backhoe is here, is digging a hole. And, um, you know, we're they're almost ready and stuff like that. So when the time came to actually bury this veteran, um, I saw that the the guys that were helping out, they might need some extra help. with Because when you uh, are... When you're gonna put down the um, the body in the ground, you we don't have those, or I don't I don't know if the funeral homes have those little machines where you can put the cough casket or the coffin on these straps and it lowers it down automatically. I don't think we I don't think that happens. Well, Claggett Hill Veterans nonprofit could probably get one, but you know that's that's on the to do list or the shopping list, I guess, pretty much. Anyways, so what we what they do now is you put the strap underneath the casket pretty much and manually you lower it down. And that's how, um, I, that's how it's done. And once it's down, then you pull the strap out. Well, first you got just the uh, coffin or the casket. And then once it's centered as much as possible, then one side lets go of the straps and the other side pulls it back up. So I, I saw that. Then I was looking at the uh, guys that were going to lift up the the casket. And I was thinking, Oh man, they, oh, I'm pretty sure they're going to need some help. So I had to go up front and, um, as much as I didn't want to, I had to grab that strap and I helped these two guys, um, lift it and kind of, I guess it was the, the, the top side. That's what I'm assuming. Cause it was pretty heavy. And, um, so that's how we lowered it down. And those guys had gloves and I didn't, I was like, Oh man, this sucks. You know, I was like, this is, uh, like the second time I had to do that without gloves, you know, and, um, but I had to really grip onto that strap. So it doesn't, it didn't slip through my hand and cut my hand and my blood and my skin goes into the grave and then they pull it up and then there it goes, you know? So I was really gripping it. And then finally we got it down to the bottom and then, uh, I let it go. And those guys, they took care of it from there. So, um, that's where I wasn't prepared for that. And then the, the other one over the next day in Fort Defiance, when I went up there, that one, I, uh, I, I went up to where my commander was for Clagato and I was standing by him, but then he went up and it, cause that was his cousin, his close cousin that, that passed away. So he was standing next to that guy's sister cause he didn't have any kids. So he was just standing next to the guy's sister and then, um, or his other cousin's sister basically. And this guy, the, the, um, funeral, uh, director, he came walking up to me, he goes, are you part of the detail? I said, no. He says, well, we're going to need your help. So he gave me some white gloves. I was like, all right, you know, might as well, since I'm here. When it finally came time to bury that guy, um, I, I already knew that he's going to be heavy. So, uh, he wasn't as heavy as the guy on, on, uh, the day before, but I still, we still had to be careful because the veterans that were going to help bury him, they were all older men, sixties and seventies. And I was like, damn, man, I hope these guys don't, you know, 
lose their balance or trip and fall because that was for me that was kind of hard to do because i i kind of to walk uh they made that hole just a little bit too big maybe like half a foot a little bit bigger than the one in Clagato. so with that i had to give some extra slack on that strap and that's how you know we finally lowered it and um but you know those are like some of the things that uh if you're not aware and you never knew and you don't know how things are done, you know, those it's kind of like best to pay attention. So anyways, that's what I wanted to talk about mostly was just that, you know, I, I have to learn the etiquette, you know, as much as I don't want to go to these funerals, you know, for now I'm going to have to, because I knew we Clagato veterans cemetery, we have to have our little, um, we have to have our little procedure on how we're going to do things from here on out. But, um, Anyways, um, yeah, that was, it was kind of like, I want to talk some more about it, but, um, I just want to keep this around 15, 16 minutes. I don't want to be talking too much. So, uh, right there, I'll go ahead and, uh, end that, end that conversation with that. And, uh, next I'll go jump on to the club C meeting. That's going to be our next subject. 